It's Paula. Welcome back to the She HH podcast, where we interview women in Christian music all over the world. Today, we're speaking to Dominican American singer, songwriter, and producer Ada Bissabet. We go through her music journey so far, overcoming a lot of hardships along the way, and how being fluent in Spanish as well as English has opened up a whole new market for her. Make sure to join in the conversation online using hashtag SheHH podcast and share this episode with a friend. So thank you so much, Ada, for joining us on the SheHH podcast. I really appreciate you just giving us some of your time and telling us about your story. Could you please introduce yourself to those listening right now? Sure. Thank you so much, Paula, for the invitation. I'm really honored to be here. Um, I am Adabetzabe, but you can call me Ada. That's my tag. Um, so you'll hear that on my songs. Yeah. And I uh, actually just came up with that because I found myself explaining or trying to show people how to pronounce Adabetzabe so much that I was like, just call me Ada. Um, so yeah, that's me. And um, I am currently living in Redding, California, originally from Boston uh, with Dominican blood. So a little bit of a a mixture here. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's me. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you you just touched on it, but you're originally an immigrant from the Dominican Republic, grew up in a city just outside of Boston, New York. Um, You have all these different influences. How did they kind of shape your music and the genre of music that you produce? I was shaped a lot by what I couldn't listen to growing up. (laughs) because my parents were pastors and so it was like you know it was like off limits anything that was secular it was very traditional not like today where like you go to youth service and they're playing like a Bruno Mars song and the whole (laughs) the whole sermon series is based around catching a grenade Jesus caught a grenade for you you know like it's that that style but no back in the day you know it was just so closed-minded and um and so, yeah, I kind of was always that rebel kind of kid that wanted to do whatever I couldn't, I wasn't supposed to do. So mm-hmm. I remember going to like Walmart, Target and just like getting CDs, like, oh, you know, Fabulous, Alicia mm-hmm. Keys, like um, B2K, the, the R&B kind of upcoming back when Diddy yeah. making the band, like I was all in that, you know, um, the early American Idol and like Kelly Clarkson, like all, I, just anything that was popular and that was like entertainment and out there, I was always drawn to it. But then I also had like the Latin gospel um, mm-hmm. and then I had the the Latin urban um, secular, like the bachata and the salsa and the, you know, the Mark Anthony and the Romeo Santos and all of these. Like, so it was just a lot at once. Um, and I think I just found a niche in, I'd say like the soulful hip hop. That was really what captivated mm-hmm. me because it was like, I could be raw and I could be emotional um, mm-hmm. and, and real and, and kind of worshipful, um, which was like, you know, the church influence, but then I could do it in an urban way, which was, you know, yeah. the secular influence. So that was kind of where I found my, uh, my groove with, uh, with like J Cole, like, you know, obviously mm-hmm. that was later on, but even before, like with the, just the early soulful people telling stories, like I was big on the notorious B.I.G., like the stories and the struggle and, the, yeah. you know, I don't have money, but I had to go get do this to get it. And like, I kind of understood the, 
I started understanding and connecting with the stories behind the songs. Like, you know, church people would point and say, oh, this person's doing this on the street. But then you'd hear the song and it's like, well, they don't have anything. This is the only thing they think they can do, you know, and yeah. kind of kind of sympathizing with with people's stories. That's that's where my my love for music began. Mm, yeah, the journey that got them to the end point that you're now seeing them at is told in the music. Yeah, love that. Yeah. And did you always like intend to be a singer or a rapper? Or was it like, oh, do you know what? I'm loving this. I'm going to have a piece of it. I've got something to bring. What was the kind of journey there? I didn't want, I didn't think I would do it like professionally, um, which I've, thank God I've had the opportunity to be full-time music for a few years. Or I should, I should say I live off of my art. So, you know, it's yeah. full-time music, but I'm doing other things music related, maybe not specifically for my artistry maybe uh sometimes I consult with other artists I help write for mm-hmm. other artists I'm producing all these things so it, regardless you know it, it's it's dope to just live off of what you're passionate about yeah um so yeah I'm grateful for that and just want to give Jesus all the glory for that but um yeah I don't think I saw myself doing it professionally until I saw the impact that I could make in people's lives with it mm-hmm. um it was really just fun at first um and it was also a way for me to express my my emotions and my feelings and to just it was like an unfiltered place where I could be safe to say how I felt and um then when I got to uh college freshman year um just like hanging out with friends and in parties like we would just play beats and everyone would freestyle and I'd come with bars that I had written and Mm -hmm. people were just vibing, you know, and I would be like, you know, everybody put your hands up and I would hype them up and it would be like in a living room. And then I remember one of my roommates, she just started like becoming an advocate every time we were out. She's like, yo, yo, our girl Ada though, she got bars, like she got a spit. And I'm like, yo, why are you putting me on the spot? And then it just (laughs) turned into this like thing. Um, And so eventually I was like, you know what, I'm going to start doing that like, I'm going to put stuff out. And I started covering, like I covered a lot of songs that were out. And then eventually, because I didn't believe, I think a lot of people don't believe they can do it on their own. So they start doing something that's like subpar. Um, And, you know, it almost, in a way, it's almost like the fear of taking that risk too, because when you're, when you're going in on your own, you're going to invest, you're going to spend money on beats, you're going to do studio, go to studio, you know, spend money on that. And, and there's a bigger investment. And so I think at first I kind of, got like my feet wet a little bit and then I was like you know what I'm gonna I really feel like I'm supposed to do this like for real so yeah I yeah I just put out an album and I walked I walked through the front door you know I just kind of walked in with like graphics and, and and professional photographs and all this stuff and people were like who the heck is this girl where did she come from <laughs> um but yeah that was the beginning uh 2016 that was my album freedom oh amazing Wow, like you were you were going in from then. I love that. Um, I we're we're about to get a little bit deep. Um, I like for the listeners back at home. Um, we've had a little bit of a back and forth about what we're going to discuss in this interview, and I just want to say, like, your story is really a lot. Number one and number two, inspiring. It just reminds me of how intense and overwhelming and amazing God's love is. Um, I don't want to give you words that you should say or try and like 
put a spin on it myself. So I just want to kind of ask you, um, you touched on the fact that you're pastor's daughter. I'm pastor's daughter as well. So I understand that pressure and just the annoyingness that comes with that um, and how much you just want to break free and rebel because you're like, no. Um, so I don't get that myself. But um, you talk about, um, you've spoken about publicly, like just a lot of seeing a lot of hypocrisy in church and how that actually led you to kind of turn your back on God for a bit and seek guidance and support elsewhere. And you actually ended up experimenting with a lot of different things. So I just kind of want to have you tell a bit more of that story um, and what in church kind of made that situation happen. Sure. Oh, it's so much. Um, well, yeah. I want to start off by saying this. So one of the biggest things that um, I am an advocate for is for the church. Um, you can't love Jesus and hate his bride, you know? And so mm-hmm. I just, I'm an advocate for the church. I think um, we can get lost in the sauce of church hurt and mm-hmm. make it about that. And so I just want to say that up front. Like I I found a lot of pain in the church, but I, I've found healing in the church. And so mm-hmm. the same body that has hurt or could hurt you is also the body that will heal you. Um which points to to continuing to stay connected, you know, and to be and to be in community. Um, there's strength in numbers, and there's yeah. power in covering. And so, I have that, um, you know, because especially in the urban world with with music, you know, rap, it's such a protesting type of music. It started as protesting, you know, in, yeah, in the Bronx, and you know, the when hip hop began, it was like about social justice. And, and I think that there, that that's the DNA of rap, even today, urban Christian. And then it's like, well, we're going to use this to like, you know, protest against the fact that like, we only get invited to youth services and we only get paid this much, but the invited evangelist will go on Sunday and he'll get paid that much. And it's like, we're sometimes we're counterproductive when, you know, we're trying to do something and we actually end up doing wrong you're trying to do help and we end up hurting and so I feel like that the in introduction to my uh ministry was a lot of that I have like a lot of my music is in Spanish um and so you know I'm I'm bilingual and so I I incorporate both languages but it opened a lot more doors for me in Latin America however in Latin America the church it tends to be a little more traditional and conservative Mm -hmm. um, especially Mm -hmm. with like even like the length of your hair as a woman, tattoos, piercings are things that are not necessarily accepted yet. And so, you know, coming through the door, I'm already, you know, making a genre that's different and not normal to their community. And then I'm coming mm-hmm. also with the, my look is also not easy to kind of swallow for them. And so I was faced with a lot of, a lot of that and it triggered some of my, my wounds um you know just childhood wounds I mean I I I saw a lot of things that that really challenged me to to really seek God for myself and so in that journey I explored with so many religions like from you know I started out by like oh I just don't believe in anything and then it was like you know Buddhism and and then like the Zen and then oh but like let me study a bunch of other things and then it was mm-hmm. like well I just believe in myself because this is the thing right we were created to we were created to worship <clears throat> excuse yeah. me we were created to worship and so we will worship something it doesn't matter who you are and where you are there is something that will have your devotion because mm-hmm. we were made that way and so there was a point where. I just fell into this place where it was like, I don't believe in anything. I believe in me. And that kind of led me to 
do things that I felt were filling my my uh, my ego or making me feel better. So one of them was women. I felt like I don't know for women it was like, oh well I can I can make this person feel good or I can you know please this person and it's, it was kind of like a an ego thing. It wasn't ever even oh, I love you that I want you to be better. It was always like, yeah. I love me. And this makes me feel like I'm valued or I'm valuable, you know? And it was like that constant quest for approval and yeah. even myself, approving myself, you know? And, 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 and just wanting like a hug and a pat on the back, you know? Like sometimes we just want someone to say, "You're, I'm proud of you. Like that's all mm-hmm. we need. Um, but we go to find that in external places. And so that was a journey for me. Um, I'd say, so I was abused by a woman when I was 16 and that brought me a lot of confusion. Um, growing up in church, I knew that like, there was just such a, such a taboo word, you know, like the homosexuality was such a taboo word. And it was like, you know, those are the, those are the people that have no hope. You know, it was the way that it was, it was portrayed and even had a, like a, a family member who was like kind of, really pushed away and so I always was hurting because of that because I was like well but like that's that's our family you know like I was like but how can you like embrace this random person who just came to church yesterday and is like on drugs and you're like bringing them to our house and they're having dinner at our table but like your own blood is excommunicated for years like I just didn't understand that you know and so um sometimes it's easier to say things than to do them you know sometimes it's easier for for us to um to share on grace and on the grace of God uh when when it doesn't mean that we have to give grace to the person that's right next mm-hmm. to us you know mm-hmm. um and so even ourselves sometimes we struggle to give grace to ourselves right and so anyway in that journey um I explored with a lot of things and I with the confusion of the abuse it was also like in a lot of I was also in a lot of pain and didn't really know how to deal with that and I had no one to share that with. So I just kind of bottled it up and I just found, I sought a community that could accept me and that uh, LGBTQ at the time was not LGBTQIA plus. It was just LGBTQ. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't even think the Q was in there actually. Um, but yeah, so at the time I found a lot of refuge in that community and I really identify so much with the sentiments of rejection and um, just feeling um isolated that that a lot of people in the community feel to this day um I understand what it is to to wake up and not feel yourself in your own body you know to feel like you you don't want to be a woman or you're not pretty enough or you can never be as beautiful as the girl next to you um and and I understand those feelings so I identify so much still to this day with with people who are in that space and you know I obviously don't I don't believe in I believe that God has a perfect plan for humanity and it's obviously not something we can carry out on our own. Just look at us. <laughs> we can't do it on our own. Um, but he has a perfect plan of, of us being reconciled to him through, mm. through, through Christ. Right. And so in Christ, then we can, we can start to take bites, little bites of things that, you know, at first we could never conquer. Um, so I've been able to, yeah. you know, through the power of that, of, of that sacrifice and his blood, I've been able to take some things captive in my life that used to take me captive at one point. And, um, and it's really dope. It's a dope journey. I'd love to share more on that in depth at some point, but the other stuff, I guess that I 
that you probably read. <laughs> it's funny. I did an interview. So this interview is like, it's gotten me so many other interviews. I'm like, really? Like it was this guy from the UK who hit me up one day. We just chatted and he did this write up and he got a lot of things wrong, but he got like some juicy stuff in there, you know? So okay. people reach out to me and they're like, we heard you were a Satanist. And I'm like, uh, well, I mean, listen, <laughs> if that's going to help me get the gospel to you, we'll get, we'll, we'll make sure you get the gospel. Um, but no, so I was going to sell my soul for money. Um, and I was going to sign a deal with a major label through a distributor, um, slash quote unquote artist developer who was actually just a brainwasher, um, oh. handler slash handler, um, who was you know, in the business and is still in the business of just taking artists who have talent and just just brainwashing them so that they can be in line with the agenda um, that uh, that a lot of mainstream media has. And so, you know, it is it is what it is. You know what I mean? It's just the world we're in. Um, money is power. And so a lot of people with mm. a lot of money have a lot of power. And so that's it doesn't it doesn't need to be this kind of mystical like the you know there's so many conspiracy theories which is actually a, a term that was coined to kind of devalue the truth of those very theories that are very much true um mm -hmm. but yeah that's a, that's another podcast actually but but um <laughs> but yeah so i had the i had that encounter um and it was it was life changing it's actually the reason why i became a christian um Ooh. Yeah. Wow. So that was the reason why. So when I went into that space and I encountered the quote unquote pleasures of living on the other side or working for the other kingdom, because, you know, there's there are two kingdoms, a kingdom of light, mm. and a kingdom of darkness. And so they're literally like working simultaneously um, in parallel um, to one another. And so a lot of people they're not seeing like what's happening in the spirit. They're thinking it's just like, oh, I get up, I get ready, I go to work and I just, and it's just this kind of robotic, senseless, sheep-like deep state. Mm -hmm. um, I'm dropping some code words. <laughs> um, but but yeah, like once you wake up out of that slumber, you can see the both happening and working at once. And so for me, what snapped me out of, of that deep state of sleep was, um, was just being in the room and having the deal in front of me. And, and and it sucks that I had to go all the way there. But then again, you know, being the, just the personality God gave me, just being kind of like the go-getter, like a little rebellious kind of just, I guess, courageous, I don't take no for an answer person mm -hmm. that I am. I actually made it to that room. And um, it was kind of cool, but also really scary uh, just to, just to see how evil um, is actually a thing. And there are people mm. who have given themselves over to it and are willingly working in collaboration with it. Um, that woke me up real quick. And I realized that the God that I was taught as a child was actually a real. Um, yeah. Because the way that my mind works is, well, if there's darkness and there must be light. And so... If there's evil, then there must be good. Like we mm -hmm. live in a dual, it's a dual world. There's a duality to the world. And so I, you know, I had been engaged into some like new agey stuff and and just an, a bunch of other kind of 
crystals and and just like trying to find how to channel whatever I needed to channel to <laughs> to get whatever I needed for myself, you know. And and in that moment, it was like it just all makes sense. Like there's only one door. Mm. There's there's like there are a lot of walls, but there's only one door. Yeah. And so one way, yeah, one mm. way. And so. I had this, this encounter and I said, you know, I was able to say no and kind of just miraculously was able to leave that space without being, um, without being harmed too much. I was harmed, uh, more mentally and emotionally because of just the mind control aspect of it, but not so much physically. Um, and then I just went back to my, to my hotel and I was like, God, if you're real, like, I want to know who you are. And I also was like, yo, like, I'm gonna die out here. Like, I'm by myself in LA. I was in, in LA um, doing this. Mm. And so I had flown across the country. And then I went back home um, right after that happened. It was like the next day my flight went back home. And I remember arriving at the airport and my ex-girlfriend at the time, I was in a domestic partnership for a few years. She was like, something's wrong with you. She just knew like something had happened to me. And mm. Mm-hmm. Just the look in my face and I was very out of it. And just, I mean, some of the things I saw in the room were very things I wouldn't even put on the record right now. Cause they're just very, I'll tell you them when I visit you in the UK. <laughs> um, yeah. But, but yeah, but like just, just things that were um, just, just scary. And like, almost like you wonder if it was real, what you saw, you know, like, mm-hmm. wait, did I really see that happening. And so I was just, hush and as you can see I'm a talker so for me to be coming home after being away for a week to my partner and looking at her and just saying how are you giving her a hug and then saying nothing she's like how was your trip and how was it and I was out here in the west coast for music related um like events and stuff so she wanted to know everything about oh and who did you meet and how was the studio and did you hang out with people and this and that and how was your meeting and she knew I had this meeting um but like I was just like oh no I'm, I'm good I'm good and kind of beating around and didn't even know how yeah. to share and so eventually um I did share and then uh the rest is history girl like that turned into you know us running to the cross both of us mm, me, wow. but you know that's not my story to, her side's not my story to tell but like it was dope to see how god could save two two people and and mm. you know like i said i grew up thinking or knowing this story of like this preacher who was invited who came and was like yeah so i used to be gay and god set me free and i would always say where's the other guy like <laughs> yeah was there not enough grace for the other guy? Is the grace just for you because you are a pastor's son? Like, how about the other dude? Like, does God not love him? You know, and it just completely contradicted everything that I was taught. And so God knew how to get me. You know what I mean? He knew that, he knew how to love me. He knew that loving me through that, just the way that I got saved and then also adding that cherry on top, like, and I'm also going to save her. Like, that was to me the biggest love story, um, you know, because yeah. because I cared for her. I mean, I genuinely, I, I do believe people who are in what we call abnormal relationships or non-heterosexual relationships, even people, for example, who are like the guys, like 
12 years older than the girl or even mm. just relationships that most of society don't apply. I, I do believe that you genuinely care for the person. Like you, you yeah. fall in love with the, the soul, with the spirit of that person. And so I cared enough to say, Oh my God, but like, I don't want to like then make this weird, you know, about God, like, Oh God took my girlfriend. I didn't, I didn't ever want it to be that. And so God knew exactly what I needed and what needed that situation needed. Um, and he did an amazing, you know, just work in our hearts and in our lives for the first year. And then like we parted ways after a little bit and, and God just started working on me and my journey with the music mm. and returned that to me. And I, I had said, I'd never do music again. I was like, I yeah, was- I mean, that was, that was going to be my question. I was going to say like, you had that moment afterwards where, okay, you've come back to Christ and you've had such a um, deep internal healing that literally came from the father himself you're now feeling like okay well I'm done with music like but you felt like God was actually telling you no no no, this is going to be your 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 what you're going to use what is that journey like because if it was me I'd be like this is music's what brought this pain I went to LA thinking I was going to do something with music music is the issue and God is saying no no no, music's actually the solution so can you just talk about that a bit yeah I so I had said I would never do music again like ever like I was like really settled and I'm a pretty I'm a pretty like um determined person like when I say like I'm not doing something I'm just not gonna do it or if I am like I am you know and so it was just a really interesting journey to see how God could could take my heart and make it more pliable more moldable um to to obey him that's been i think my biggest as a christian i tell you like my biggest um thing to talk about is like yo i'm really not the same person like i really i sometimes i tell myself i'm like yo i'm really saved for real like because i see things that i do and i'm like i would have never ever done that before like i would have she would have got this guy would have got punched. You know what I mean? Like I just was not the person to play with. And so God has just been so gracious to just show me, give, I, I think it's just compassion. You start to feel mm. compassion. And when that comes over you, man, like it doesn't matter what he asks you to do. It doesn't matter where he asks you to go. You just do it and you go because your heart is not attached to your own desires anymore. You know? you you start to become much more attached to his desires and um and like what he wants and then there's such a fulfillment it's such a deep fulfillment to know that you're in his will and that you're in that you're putting a smile on your dad's face you know like there's just a a a deep fulfillment that comes from that and that's what happened to me with music I wasn't like I said I wasn't down to do music but when I saw what the impact I could make with it it was like wow so wait this was never really about being famous this was never Mm. really about being rich this was never about being in you know five-star luxury hotels and you Mm. know wearing thirty thousand dollar watches like that's cool the lambo's really cool but like it's not about that and so man it just shifted my whole perspective i went on a mission trip that's how the journey started so i went on a mission trip and it was this like kind of non-conventional festival kind of social justice type of mission thing where it was like this pastor in Colombia who like partnered with the police department it was like we're gonna bring hope because there was a lot of suicide and drug abuse with the kids out there 
And he was like, we're going to bring hope to the communities by bringing them a free concert. And the, you know, the, the, the police was like, what do you mean? And he was like, just, just let us do it and you'll see. And so he gathered a lot of people who were like rappers and just performers, spoken word. Um, some people are like storytellers, uh, dancers, clowns, and he would just get a crew of people and just go to different communities for a week, five, you know, five days, different place every day. And I got invited to be a part of this, um, through like someone I met on Facebook who was random. And I was just, you know, me, I was just like, I'm down, I'm, I'm down. (laughs) I have never been to Columbia. Why not? And so I went and, um, yeah, the rest of that was just, it was just a nonstop from there. Cause God showed me like how these kids could be it was almost like I had their ear because they heard my music and it was like a siren that would call them. And once they got to us, then it was like, now we have something that we want to say. Um, now we have you here to listen to what we have to say. And yeah, yeah growing up in my, my parents' church, we didn't have young people at all. So it was very traditional. And it was like the only young people were like me and my cousins and like a couple. And so I just thought it was like, the church's going to die and there's not going to be, this thing's not going to be carried on to the next generation. And so yeah. seeing like how the music could, could draw young people was just even little kids and stuff. Like they, it just inspired me to to do it. Um, and so then from there, I was like, yeah, that was in 2015. Actually, I had been saved for a very short time. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to work on a project and I'm going to put it out 2016 and then did that. You you mentioned something that reminded me of um, something that One Day had said before. Um, One Day is, uh, obviously, you probably know this, a Christian hip-hop artist signed to Reach. She had once talked about the fact that the reason she even went into Christian hip-hop was because um, she was in um, school, she was in a biology lesson and had wrapped um, something to do with biology for like a project. When she'd gone up to the front stage and done this rap, everyone was like, oh my gosh, you're so good. This is amazing. And they hung on to her every word. And she realised that this was an avenue for people to, to be connected to whatever the message is going to be. Hey, let's make this message about Christ and teach people about God through the music. And that's what I'm hearing was similar in that you know, missionary trip where these young kids who were already experiencing such traumatic things were so attracted to the sound, so attracted to the music, and then were able to connect to the message because they were already listening to the music. Um, and so I just, my question for you, Ada, is what do you think about those people that don't really consider hip hop appropriate to share the gospel? Like you said before, like sometimes people panic because it's obviously hip hop was rooted in protests and, you know, strength and social justice. So what's kind of your answer to those people? I mean, my honestly, like my answer is that they should, if they really feel passionate enough to to speak against something, they should be passionate enough to save their little coins and come out to one of the missions with us. Like <laughs> come out and watch people get radically delivered. Watch people, watch demons get casted out of people, watch kids get, you know, healed from the pain in their heart of watching their father kill their mother in front of them. Watch a, a, a father walking out with his daughter, taking her on a walk to buy, you know, an ice cream cone for her because he knew that, 
this was actually the last time he was going to see her and he was going to go home and kill himself afterwards because of the hopelessness mm. in his heart. And while they're walking, she's, she hears the sound and says, daddy, let's go over there. Let's see what's going on. And comes up to us. And next thing you know, he's getting saved and he's getting told that he's, his life is, has value and that he doesn't need to. And someone's giving him a word of knowledge and saying, Hey, you were going to go kill yourself today, but today is not your, the last day for you to mm. be here. And like, mm. come, come to one, come to some of these places and then, and then we can have a coffee and talk about it. I don't I don't even want to have a coffee with you until you can come and actually see these things. And that might sound a little harsh, but that's how passionate you know, that's how passionate I feel about what God's been doing and, and the truth of what he does. Um, yes, I will say, um, there are always you can't ever generalize. That's like if I said, oh, all British people are this. Oh, all Americans mm-hmm. are this, all this, all Trump followers are this, all Biden followers are this. Like that's not even logical (laughs) that's not even logical like we can't generalize and say oh well all rappers are going out and actually preaching and doing it for the right reasons no there are people who 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 see this as another way to make money you know there are people who are not good enough to sit with the big people so they want to come to the christian world because they think that we're soft but they don't know that we actually are hard out here you know so like let's be real let's be raw like there are always going to be exceptions to the rule um however i do believe that it's it's really worth our time why because if we look at even hip-hop right now it is the rock and roll of today it is the influential it's it's not just about one day love her i actually got to do a show with her in canada and toronto um 2019 we did like canada music week and I met her there and it was really dope. And I just love, I mean, I love the fact that Reach signed a female. Um, it was about time, yo. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like there's so many, so many dope females. And, and I, I'm also a very big advocate for um, just a healthy, just healthy support of, of other females. I think mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. even if we don't do it, other people always try to like, I don't know if you've ever seen, um, uh, what is it called? It's like in, in the Dominican Republic and in a lot of Latin countries, they do these battles where they throw like two chickens into and they just try to see what the, who wins, you know, and a, a guy would throw one in and, and it's a, it's like kind of, kind of like a country, like sport, you know, they battle the chickens against each other and they bet money on this. And it's kind of like freestyle battling too, where people go and they're trying to get the bag. And I feel like with women, it's like, people throw you at they throw you in a ring with someone else like you gotta battle them or you gotta be against them and it's like dude that was never even a thought Mm. like we don't even do the same thing we don't even have the same passion we're not even called to the same people when you know what i mean like and, and i feel like with females i'm so so much of an advocate for healthy community and healthy support and when i say healthy i mean real like let's let's get together and let's have real conversations let's really build not let's get in the studio and make a song so people think we're cool. Like, cause there's that too, you know, just let, there's that too. There's like, Oh, I got to make a song with her. Cause she's popping. And if I want to be popping, I gotta, I gotta get, nah, like I actually want to know you. Like I want to meet your mom. You know what I'm saying? I want to yeah. go eat at your house. Like I want to be family. And so anyway, that's my tangent. But I think, I think the biggest thing is just like letting people know that there's an audience for this and there is a need for this. And that maybe, you are not called to go out and stand in the middle of a drug infested community in El Salvador or Honduras. Maybe you're called to just do it from your house by 
mm. contributing to our flights, you know, but you can be a part. If you feel like you're not the one to be in the front lines, you can be a part by supporting, but please don't, don't be a part of, of those who destroy because mm. we're not called to mirror that we're called to mirror our King and he's not here to destroy. Yeah. Oh, I love how real you've just been like, as you're speaking, this is why I'm like, I'm, I'm, I wish you could see me because I'm like nodding real hard, like as if you could hear me. <laughs> no, I love how real you're being because I think that's what She HH is all about in terms of supporting women, in terms of being transparent with our um, just support of each other beyond just, hey, I like your song or hey, let's do something together or hey, let's scratch each other's backs. How about, hey, let's build each other spiritually as well. So I really mm. appreciate you saying that. I think that's some realness that we need to hear. Yeah, and I just wanted to even like go back a bit and continue on with some of the stuff you've touched on. Um, you know, going to Colum- Colombia where they speak Spanish. Um, you know, you said that you attract a lot of the Spanish speaking community in other Latin American countries. Um, I, I'm not gonna like try and front. I am obsessed with Spanish. Um, I'm actually mm. learning Spanish at the moment. I, your music's actually part of what I use to learn Spanish. I let you Yay. know. <laughs> Yeah, and I've done a lot of like trying to do word for word translations, and it's yeah, it's been hilarious. But um, it's part of my little education. I'm doing self taught Spanish. Um, this is all just to kind of lead up to my question about the fact that you are bilingual and the fact that you've actually extended your reach by being able to reach English speaking people, but also Spanish speaking people. Um, it's interesting that you have chosen to make a lot of music that's very much Spanish because the more commercially viable option is to make English music, especially because you are fluent and you speak English. But what was the choice and why was the reason that you thought, hmm, I'm actually going to make a lot more music that has both in it, but it has Spanish, so Spanish-speaking people can understand? Uh, so I grew up speaking Spanglish, which is like when your mom is yelling at you in Spanish and you're <laughs> responding in English, you know? Um, and she's like, and you're like, Ma, I just really was with my friend. I promise. I wasn't doing anything bad. Like, and she's like, No, my venga con it. Like, she's like mad at you and in, in Spanish, you know, mad in Spanish. It's it, it's worse than being mad in English, I promise. Yeah. Um, but you know, first I'll say like when I got into like the uh I started making a music in you know, for God, I I started just writing down my prayers because I mm. felt dumb talking to myself in a room you gotta pray close the door I read this book by Benny Hinn called Good Morning Holy Spirit and I loved it it really it really sparked a lot of desire for me to seek God and seek his power and his presence however I just couldn't connect to like go to your room close the door and talk to yourself I just felt kind of dumb you know um and so I was like you know what I'm just gonna write and I'm being honest I don't I don't feel that way anymore I talk to myself all the time I talk to God (laughs) while I'm talking to other people it's like really weird Uh, thank God I have a mask on I'll be like talking to God while I'm in front of someone um but I I um I was like you know what I'm actually just gonna write my prayers and I started writing my prayers and then it started turning into rhyme and then I wrapped them and then so because I grew up in a Spanish environment with, with church, I kind of connected to God, even with reading the Bible, it was more familiar to do it in Spanish. Mm. And so that's how it kind of began. I just was really much more comfortable in Spanish. And I started writing stuff to God and I knew a lot. I realized I knew a lot of words, like good, like 
words that made me sound smart in Spanish because I read the Bible. My parent, my dad used to force me to read the Bible all the time. So I realized I just knew a lot of words and I was like, dude, I know like a lot of Spanish that most people don't know. And it made me sound very educated, I I guess, you know, and at the beginning um, with my Spanish raps and it, it kind of caught people's attention. Um, But the thing was that, Every now and then I'd want to say something and I felt like the best way to say it was in English because I did grow up speaking English mostly. So I just said, you know what? I'm not going to try to translate it. I'm just going to just going to put it in there in English. And it gave my music a special touch because you never yeah. knew when you were going to get a random bar in English. Um it was like a jack a jack in the box, like a surprise. Like you just didn't know. Okay, now the hook oh wait, well she's talking English now. Okay. And then oh okay, back to Spanish. And um I'll tell you a story. So the first time I went to South America for a tour, I brought CDs that I had printed in the United States. And so we printed them for I think it was like two dollars, two dollars and fifty cents, because we were gonna sell them for ten dollars, right? And so I was like, Great, I'm gonna take these and I'm gonna try to get some get some of these off um when I'm on this tour and then I get to I think I was in Guatemala I don't remember it was probably yeah Guatemala and so I realized that like whatever I paid out here to make the CDs was even even that the two dollars was a lot to ask for there um which meant I wasn't even going to break even. And so I just started giving them away. Cause I was like, I'm just going to give them away. And, and God really taught me a lot about my, my audience um, and about finding like a way to reach my audience because I had the, the, like you said, you know, the most commercial viable option would be to, to make English music. I can actually, I got like 30 tracks in a vault right now that are completely in English um and I just they've been sitting in a vault and I just haven't released them because I've been like waiting on the right timing um also I want to get into some live stuff so I'm waiting maybe I'll reproduce those and do them in in a live version um I just want to innovate you know um I I in Boston we have Berkeley College of Music so I have a lot of friends I used to live with a lot of students and I have a lot of good good friends roommates brothers sisters who who graduated and are like actively in the music industry. And so there's always that option of like, yo, let's get an ensemble. I want to get like a whole string section, oh and, gosh, yeah. string section and just do something crazy. Um, so yeah, I, I think I've just been kind of letting myself be led um, by yeah. God. I'm not here to compete with anybody. Like it, a lot of people say, I've had people say to me, yo, if you did English, like you would eat all these people. And I'm yeah. like, Dude, <laughs> Like I did a song, Way Too Many, which you probably heard um, with Nico Eme, who's also one of the only people who does the same thing I do. And I feel he's he's been doing more Spanish lately, but he's like me. He's like mixes both languages. And, Mm And the song has a verse in English that like I, like I kind of went off on and people heard it and they're like, yo, like you need to do more of this. And I'm like, uh, we'll see. We'll see when, when the time comes. But yeah, I, I find a lot of people listen to my music who don't even understand what I'm saying. And that's... Yep, been there, been there I'm, for sure. I'm honored. I'm very honored by that. That's something only God can do. I honestly yeah. thought I wasn't ever going to reach people. My own friends, they'd be like, Shorty, we don't understand what you're saying. My friends are not, they don't speak Spanish at all. Most of my best friends. 
and I'd be like trying to explain to them like as the song is playing I'm like yeah I was just trying to say this and they're like yo just shut up just play the song um we just like it we just feel it the vibe there's something about it and so yeah that's that's something only God can do really that's that's honestly me when I tell you oh my gosh especially with like the masterpiece album like I'll be like listening like guys have you heard this new Ada song they're like oh yeah what's it called I'm like can't pronounce it but it's lit it's lit I'll be like on Google Translate trying to translate like words and like I've done I've definitely done like translating choruses which mm-hmm. is like my favorite thing to do again educational um but yeah like I I think that is that shows it's from God because how can we be enjoying a completely different language you barely understand what's going on but we're still feeling the spirit behind it do you know what I mean so that's 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 God I don't know what else to say that's God really I just wanted to kind of touch on something you mentioned when you were saying like when people say to you oh if you went on in English you'd go off everyone would love you eat up everyone else everyone else and you're thinking okay cool I'm not really competing with other people but that would be nice whatever I just want to ask like how you get yourself into that mindset where you're like I'm not competing with other people like there are so many other artists there's only a finite amount of people listening to Christian music as it is how do you build a fan base and make sure that you stand out and that you you as the brand and you as the um, artist are listened to without trying to compete with other people that are doing I was going to say the same thing as you but no one's really doing what you're doing but you know what I mean like how do you make sure that you're not stuck in that place of comparison i've heard this phrase a lot so i'll say it because it sounds cool comparison is the thief of joy Mm -hmm. um i love to tell you that i have a super secret like sauce formula to (laughs) to to make sure i stay there um but honestly it's just like a day-by-day thing um and i think my i guess if i had to say one thing that keeps me grounded is is continuing to stay at the feet of the father. Mm. Um, and that is fancy Christianese for I spend time with him, whether it be reading the word or spending time in worship and prayer um, and really just thanking him and honoring him for who he is and mm. what he's done and what he's going to do. And I think, yeah, like putting my crown, even that crown that I carry, which is like, oh, this super dope Christian rapper. She's female. She raps in English and Spanish. She got a dope story. She's good to listen to. She There's all this stuff and I know I got it and I'm not going to be false, humble and tell you, you know, counterfeit <laughs> humility and tell you, no, I'm, I'm just a dirty road rag. I'm not even that great. You know, no, I know what's up. I worked really hard for where I'm at. Worked, yeah. yeah, I've worked really hard for, for this and, and, I've, and I've been through a lot of difficult situations that have shaped me and and some good situations as well um but like at the end of the day none of that means anything if if I'm finding my value in that my my value is found not in my accomplishments but in in his Mm. um you know and so I think putting that crown at his feet and saying you know every crown that people crown me with I'm gonna bring it back to this room and I'm gonna put it at your feet um that keeps me grounded and it keeps me it also keeps me on my toes because this is the thing, right? When you compete with people, you can always find a way to do what they did better, right? Mm. Because you just have to, that's like Apple and Samsung. They just saw what's, it's just, we're going to do it better. We're going to make it look, we're going to sell it in a sleeker way. We're going to make people just want this and desire this. And and we're going to sell it for a thousand bucks, you know, like that, that's just the way that, that 
business works and music is business as well as much as it's ministry is business so if i see what someone else is doing oh she's dope but like she don't got this you know let me do this she don't she's dope but she don't dance let me just throw a bunch of dancers you just need you know you sit with these analysts you sit with these marketers and you just need a team of dancers you just need what you need is this but you and they tell you all the stuff you need and like to get this thing to sell but my goal is not selling my goal is transformation and actually Mm. reaching that core um of people and so you know it's just because I have a different goal, I have a different approach. And that's that. And no shade to anybody that. else. No shade to nobody. Like, yo, if you could, if you have the opportunity, if somebody's backing you, someone who's listening to this podcast right now, if somebody got money to back you and to pay for the most expensive marketers and the most expensive videographers and all that, yo, if that's God, if God's blessing you with that, you better take that and you better run with that and you better do yeah. whatever God's put on your lap. Um, and you better not look back. You know what I'm saying? Um, but for me, it's, I think I needed, because of my story with LA and all that stuff, like I needed to come to a place where it was like, not about those things. Um, yeah. yeah. So that keeps me grounded. No, that's that's so true. I mean, I like that you kind of put that little caveat in, like if it is that God's calling you that way, don't be panicked and worried and say no, because you're like, oh no, like go for it. But at the same time for you, because of everything you had been through and because of your story, you knew that this was the way that God was taking you. So yeah, that's, that's, that's legit. That's amazing. Um, I think I talked about, or I, I mentioned Masterpiece, um, the album, which is one of your most recent albums. I know you have a few singles that have come out since then, but I believe that's the most recent album. I wanted to kind of... Okay, okay good. <laughs> we try and do our research at GHH, but you know, the world changes so much and you know, everything. But um. I just wanted to ask you about the message behind the album, um, especially because of when it came out in May 2020. We were literally like mid-pandemic. The whole world was kind of like shutting down and panicking. So did that at all influence, you know, the album or the message that was meant to be for this album? Um, And why do you still feel like, yeah, I wanted to release it around that time? Yeah, so uh, I love to talk on Masterpiece. I haven't talked on Masterpiece yet um, much because of when it came out. And so I didn't do any tours or many yeah. um, media tours or anything. And also uh, moved across the country for school uh, in August of last or September of last year. So it was kind of like just a lot of stuff back to back. But yeah, so Masterpiece is based on Ephesians 2.10 in the New Living Translation. It says, for we are God's masterpiece. Mm. Um, he's created us new in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. And so that verse, I love Ephesians. Um, that's like my favorite book of the Bible. Um, I just love how, how real and how kind of, uh, what's the word dynamic it is. And so I read it often, but I was reading, I want to say was March or April. And I was reading the, the book, uh, the, the chapter, chapter two. And I come across this verse that I had read so many times before and it finally clicked. I go into this like encounter and I just start about like masterpieces, right? And and how beautiful and how much people admire them and travel all the way to Paris to go see these one of one masterpieces in mm. you know the museum and the art museums and it's it's really cool. But what I realized was that most people don't don't see that masterpiece when it's being done, when it's being painted and the dark colors that are used for shadows, the very shadows that people admire, like, wow, I can't, I don't know how he shaded her face like that. Those were the dark colors that when he was painting, 
just looked really ugly on the on the canvas. And God just starts to show yeah. me like, there's a lot of stuff about you. Cause I had a lot of I was going through a lot end of twenty nineteen. Um, I had like I had a really big test um where I kind of just just had a falling out with God. Um something happened in my family that really just had me thinking and I just stopped like pursuing him the way I'm used to. Um, I'm, I need to be on fire all the time. Like I can't not be. And so whenever I'm not, I just slowly drift and I'm like, yeah. let me go get high or, you know, let me go smoke weed. Let me go. And I think of these things that, you know, almost like are a moment of, of satisfaction or a moment of easing pain um, mm-hmm. and coping with pain. And so I was in this space where I started to think about a lot of what I used to do and almost desire it, like almost like wish I was back there. Um, and that really put me in a, in a dark place because now I have a bunch of people looking to me. Now I have an audience, you know, and I'm like, dude, I can't. It, it's like the, the tension between, okay, I'm a leader, but like, I'm also human. And then it's like, but my humanity is, is, is something that could hurt other people and I could confuse people. And like, I never want to be that. And so that tension and then knowing I grew up with people who call themselves Christians, who call themselves pastors and leaders. And then, you know, you realize they were cheating on their wives or doing all these things behind the scenes and kind of faced with that. And, And I had like, I just literally shut down because I didn't feel like I had any information as to like how to get out of there. And I just shut down and I said, I'm just going to take some time away from the music and I'm going to take add singles and stuff like I just had already scheduled that would still come out. But I was less active on socials. I was less active. I would turn down any events I had. And I was just like kind of going on about the corporate life. I got a job, which I hadn't, I didn't have like a corporate job for a while. And I was like, I'm just going to get a job and I'm just going to be, can I just be normal? (laughs) You know, I just want to be like a normal person. And, and then, you know, mid, right at the start of the pandemic, I'm reading, I'm trying to push myself into, because I start to feel like the world's going to change. You need to get get with the program. This is, you're here for this time. And and I'm reading this verse and God just hits me and tells me, you see those dark parts, that's all part of the masterpiece too. Um, and so I thought I was like done, you know, I'm like, okay, this is the end. Um, I'm good. I've put out an album. I put out an EP. I put out singles. I made some records, hit some, okay, great. Um, but now God's like, nope. I'm using that too. And so I just said, all right, you said it. You're the one, you know, at, you know, at the end of the day, I serve you. I told you I was going to serve you all the days of my life. And he said, you know, put out this project with that and share the stories, the dark parts. And so you don't understand a lot of it. Um, maybe you do. I don't know. But like 413 is one of the songs where I share uh, specifically like what it feels like when you're just like falling into sexual sin and you're like in the shower and you're and you feel dirty and like you can't wash yourself enough to feel clean you know um and like it's for so the hook it's 4 13 in the morning and I'm sitting in my bed I want to talk to you but I don't know what to say um the restlessness of not not being able to fall asleep because you know you were just out doing what you shouldn't be doing and then you got home and you're like I can't even pray before bed I'm actually not gonna go to sleep so I don't have to pray you know I'm just gonna stay up um, and so that song actually resonated with a lot of people. Um, I worked with a producer, Brendan Cole. He's from Michigan. He's worked with NF. Um, and I'm sure you've heard of NF. Um, and he works with, with a, quite a few uh, people. And and then I did um, 
a lot of it actually was self-produced too so like the first song yeah the rodillas was produced uh by me and obviously i don't play much instruments so i just i'm a real producer like i don't i'm not just a beat maker i actually hear the sounds and hire people to play them um and then i put them together it's (laughs) kind of dope at first i didn't i didn't consider myself a producer because i was like i don't really play but over the years as I've met more industry people they're like yeah you're a producer you definitely are um and then what else so yeah there's a song in there too called jueces which is judges they all judge and now and it's it's a journey I literally take people on a journey of what it means to be called but to be flawed um and yeah I got a a good I got some pretty good acceptance with that project um I self-released it and I recorded it in a month oh wow Um, and put it out in a month. Like I, I started recording it after the pandemic began and I released it May 29th. So it was kind of a quick release. Um, but yeah, I, I love, I, I really wish it was in English sometimes because I really want my friends to understand what I'm saying, but whatever, I can't do anything <laughs> about that now. <laughs> I know for me that after talking to you, I'm definitely going to go back and like properly, I mean, I say properly, it's still going to be Google Translate, but I'm going to put on Google Translate and just go through the lyrics even more because even though I didn't fully understand um, the stories behind what was being said, it's weird that I'm hearing you now explain like the stories behind different songs, like even with 413 being one of my faves and like I'm thinking back like I had similar emotions listening to the song even though I didn't fully understand that that's what the song was about. Wow. So even just to hear you just explain like, oh yeah, this is the reasoning behind writing this and producing this is actually amazing. Um, and just, I think, yeah, what I'm getting from this interview or what I'm getting from right now is you're definitely where you're supposed to be because it doesn't make sense the impact that Spanish music would be having on non-Spanish speaking people but it is, do you know what I mean? And that has God written all over it. Like that's literally in his, in his bio, making things that don't make sense, make sense because he can do that. So um, yeah, I think, I think as much as I would like selfishly want you to like re, re um, put out masterpiece in English, just so that we could all like join, join that journey as well. I also do think that it serves a real purpose the way it is. And even if you do end up choosing to release more like that vault of all English songs, I think that this 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 like hybrid Spanglish mm-hmm. um, genre that you've kind of made for yourself is doing what it's supposed to do. And I just pray that like you continue to yeah. you know oh, flourish in that. You're so sweet. I appreciate you, sis. Thank you for the time, and thank you for. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not checking out, but I'm just saying. I really wanted to say that before I got off that. I really appreciate you and I really bless you and just put, pray that God continues to give you creative ideas to to keep um, expanding um, his kingdom on earth and establishing his kingdom in the in the mountain of communication. Um, I just pray like a special just blessing over you that you would just, I don't know, just, just wake up one day and just know that there's something that you're going to do and no one else has done it and it's like, do it. You know what I mean? That, that the, This is a dope thing about manifesting things that were never done and just saying this thing was a thought and now it's here yeah, I think it, yeah. even, it almost like even affirms us as creatives and it affirms us as children of the creator um and I just in that affirmation turns into confidence that then you mm-hmm. can continue you, you want to keep going because you're confident you're like well I already did that like when I talk to you I'm like oh my god like 
I'm interviewing with someone from the UK right now on a project <laughs> that's not even in English. Like, whoa, God, like, I can't stop now. You know what I mean? We just yeah, get started. Yeah. And so I want to say real quick, because I just feel for you for the fact that you're going to go on Google and translate these songs. So Tentada is an interlude. It's the third song on Masterpiece. And it's actually a real voice note that I got mid my, when I told you I was going through that whole season of like weirdness. And I got a voice note from this girl in Colombia that I had gone when I went, like initially my first trip there, I had gone to the jail, um, to the maximum security jail and did a show inside or share some music inside with the inmates. And me and her have kept in touch. Her and her husband do a lot of jail ministry. And she reached out to me like, how are you doing? And I was like, I'm feeling really low. I don't even know if I should continue. I don't. And she's like, oh, the music. And I was like, no, not, not even the music, just like in life in general. Like, I just feel low. And and she said to me, she said, sometimes, um, you know, we, we go through these these moments where we feel like we're not good enough or like we're just we're struggling, but she's like, you're a diamond and your story is, you're, you're a, a precious, you know, gem that not everyone sees, but like when that pressure is, is making you, you know, glow and shine. And it just hit me like literally her words to the point that I was like, yo, I'm gonna put this project out and I'm gonna put this voice note in the project. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's one. And then, you know, I, I, I added, that was my project producer mind I added some piano to it and it was like at the end I'm like I've been high I've been low I've been high I've been low but I'm gonna stay on this road I'm gonna stay on this road and um and then hide is also when I I literally say like I've been trying to hide from the calling I've been trying to hide from you um but then I think the one that I really wanted to touch with you um is COC because there's a verse that says that's, that's Jesus. one of my faves <laughs> yeah so because it, it does have an English verse so COC is my take on when it says that in in Christ Jesus, all of God's promises are yes and amen. Mm. Um, so it, it literally means yes or yes. And I'm pretty much just making a prophetic statement that like, regardless of the ups and downs, like God's plan is going to come to pass in my life. Yes or yes. And that's the message I want to leave people with. Um, anyone who's listening, just want to leave you with that. I know that we're living in like the craziest times ever. But then again, you know, people who live through the Spanish flu, thought it was the craziest times for them. And so we can't we can't compare because every every generation has challenges and we just got to know this if we were chosen to live in this time, we have what it takes to overcome the obstacles yeah. of this time and not only that, we have what it takes to not only survive but to thrive and to bring forth and to birth um, a movement to birth um, whatever, you know, whatever it is that we're birthing, whether it be we're creating something new or we are innovating in something old, we have what it takes to to really change the world um, and to really draw all men, you know, lift Christ, Christ up. If, we, if he's lifted up, all men get drawn to him. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And so that is my, I guess, takeaway for, for everyone. And also just for anyone who wants to listen to Masterpiece, um, you know, you're a masterpiece. The the dark colors uh, don't take away from the beauty of, of who you are and what God's doing in your life. Amen. Wow. Girl. You didn't, you didn't know you was going to get a sermon. You didn't know that. You I mean, you know. <laughs> like, oh, got questions to put and then we're just having a convo and I'm like, wow, like, I'm, I'm even affirmed. I'm just, yeah, like, it's God all over. God, all I can say is God all over. Um, you know, I was I was going to ask you about um, some specific stuff you've done. I was going to ask you about the plans for your career, but this just feels like the perfect place to kind of 
you know, leave people with things that they can go back and pray about and think about and hopefully go dig into his word for. So I'm tempted to say that this might mean we're going to need a second episode with you, Ada. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. And um, I can commit to that. Yes! <laughs> We've got you on record now. But honestly, because I'm like, there's so much that I would love to pick your brains on and hear more about. But I just think that you those final words will actually transform someone who is listening to this and does not understand just how life-changing that scripture in Ephesians is when it says that we are God's masterpiece. It's a confidence thing that goes beyond, yeah, I'm just really good. It's like, no, 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 this is identity now. So I'm I'm going to let us end here for that very reason. But guys, if you're listening, just keep locked in to Ada's socials keep locked into CHH because there definitely will be a part two or just gonna have to get her on a live or something just to make sure that we get more of that convo with her because I think you have so much to give and I've said that like a million times during this interview but you 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 have so much to give and I'm here to, I'm just here to hear it <laughs> I just am yeah thank you so much I really appreciate that um just you saying that and I just want to say one thing we all have so much to give it's just that we don't give because we're so scared of giving, 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 and, and then never getting anything back because we've been yeah. hurt. And even in relationships, we've given, and then someone like turns around and stabs you in the back. And so I think there's so much freedom just coming upon us now, even with the pandemic. It's kind of rearranged our priorities. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really given us a, this eyes to see that legacy. You know, people were fine one day and then got sick with a cold and then two days later they were gone and it was like what legacy are you leaving um and so for me it's so much about legacy and about making sure that I am giving all of me that I'm not I don't want to go I don't want to leave the earth with anything Uh, I want to go you know empty um and give it leave it all here um the great Miles Monroe uh, Dr. Miles Monroe, he's, mm. you know, rest in peace, but he's someone who really impacted my life as a preacher. And that was, I guess, the the beginning of me just wanting to learn more so I can give more than music. So Paula, I commit to the interview. You got me on. Yeah. I commit to the second interview. You got me on record. Um, let's yeah. plan it out. Let's, let's chat. Um, probably be another, another day like this. Um, just a yeah. morning. Amazing. Thank you so much again for being on the CHH podcast. Um, where can we find you online so that people can keep in touch with everything Ada? Yeah, sure. So my socials are all at Ada Betsabe, and that's A-D-A-B-E-T-S-A-B-E um, all across the board. And uh, expect new music from me this year. I got some some cool stuff cooking. Yay, I'm excited. Everything you put out is a banger, even if I don't know what's going on. So I'm excited. <laughs> and yeah we'll definitely hear from you again soon hi guys i hope you enjoyed that episode if you did make sure to leave a like rating wherever you're listening to this and to follow us on instagram at shehhpodcast